You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 288, Snapshot of the Church in 2020, Part 2. Last week we discussed many of the challenges that churches are facing in the year 2020. COVID-19 you know, came on us like a storm earlier in the year, forcing literally countries, the world, to shut down. Churches were forced to close their doors. Schools shut down. Businesses closed down, sending their employees home. Um, Really just a, a crazy, crazy time that we're all living through, and churches especially have been hit hard. Um, If you didn't listen to last week's episode, by all means, go back and listen. And uh, there was an article that I worked from that's listed in the show notes, and uh, it it was discussing how the anticipation is that up to 20% of churches worldwide could close down within the next 18 months due to complications from COVID-19. And there were a number of reasons, and we, we talked about those. But today, I want to go a step farther. I want to talk about really the positive trends that are coming out of 2020 for the church. I mean, there's positive trends in so many arenas. Um, We could talk about the positive trends that many businesses are are discovering, positive trends that uh, many other organizations are are finding. Um, Even in schools, there is some positive things to come out of this, but churches especially are discovering a number of positive trends, and and I want to discuss several of those. I want to focus on several of these positive trends and and things that that churches are actually drawing um, really um, wonderful opportunities from. This is a great opportunity for growth. This is a wonderful opportunity for us as the the body of, of Jesus Christ to grow like we've never grown before. The first one of these positive trends that I want us to talk about is it's taking us back to, as a body, as the church, it's taking us back to focusing on what is really important. Now, it's easy to to, to just kind of react to that and say, wait a minute, we're the church. We always focus on what's really important. But my question to that would, would be, do we really? Um, as a church consultant and, 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 and somebody who speaks in churches literally around the world, one of the things I see in so many churches is just this hub of activity. They have activities scheduled every day of the week, multiple meetings and kids' activities and women's meetings and men's meetings and singles' meetings. And, you know, and, and these things aren't necessarily bad, but I see this frenzy of activity that just leaves everybody worn out, especially those who lead the church. 
the pastors, the leaders, and and those who 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 were a part of this. And um, you know, when I when I when I've asked some pastors, man, why do you guys have so many activities? They said, well, you know, the people love it. It's it's it. You know, we have to that keeps them occupied. It's 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 important, you know, for people to to grow in their faith, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But you know what, COVID nineteen has forced us to do is to go back to focusing on what is really important. Uh, Tom Rayner, who's a um, church consultant and um, somebody who examines trends and just a, a, a brilliant communicator himself, he's got an article um, called Minimal Church, and I'm going to put a link in the show notes to that. It's really worth taking a look at it. Um, I think this idea of minimal church is probably more important now than it ever has been. And in this new season, many churches are discovering that fewer meetings and less activity is actually better. And that goes counter counterclockwise to the trend of so many churches. But the reality is COVID has forced us to that point. Um, you know, with, with online services and maybe online connect groups, maybe online leadership meetings or, you know, staff meetings, whatever that we're having, we've been forced to do online. And, and you know, we've seen that we can survive on a minimal uh, amount of activity, by, but still accomplishing maximum results. And that's the goal. Um, and, you know, now that many churches, and, and I'm speaking for America, there's still areas of the U.S. that are um, uh, really closed down, but most of the U.S. is starting to open back up and churches are meeting and kids are back in school. And, and I think one of the things that we're seeing as churches are coming back, they're coming back at a little bit of a less uh, frantic pace. They're coming back, and they're because we're having to sort through how we do church now, because we're having to sort through how we do small groups or um, you know the way we do our meetings, um, it's forcing us to take a step back and come back with more of a minimal, minimalistic approach. And remember, minimal doesn't mean we're not you know, accomplishing a lot. We should be accomplishing maximum results for the kingdom. But if we can do it without wearing, without wearing people out, how much better is that? So focusing on what's really important. Number two, number two, churches are being forced, and this is positive now, churches are being forced to embrace new technology or to upgrade what they already had. I mean, Think about it. Within in my particular church, which is a mid-sized church, probably a thousand to twelve hundred members, I would guess. You know, they had to pivot. Leadership team had to pivot from we're going to have church Sunday. I think this was on Wednesday or Thursday, and then within a day or two, with things being shut down, to having to go to a, an online type service that first Sunday. And it's progressively gotten better as we've. Um, worked and practiced. But, you know, what about, uh, we'll talk more about online services in a minute, but what about online giving? Um, I know people who work for two different um, organizations that um, assist churches in automating their giving. And both of these people have told me that it has been crazy how many churches have been calling them, especially within the first couple of months after COVID hit. And churches who had no automation whatsoever for their giving, and now they're having to play catch-up. And listen, it's better than nothing, but you know as well as I do, if your church doesn't have a culture that embraces technology or a culture that embraces online giving, 
And, and now in the middle of a pandemic, you're having to send an email saying, hey, listen, we're, 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 because we're not meeting, now we're going to be doing online giving. You wonder how successful that really was. Um, so it's definitely something that, that many churches have been forced into. But this is a good thing. The more we can automate, the better off we are. Um, online giving, online services, um, you know, as we said, that's such a powerful thing. We're actually going to talk more about that in just a second. Online small groups, online connect groups, whatever you call them. Um, you know, these, uh, you know, listen, people like to get together. I mean, there's something powerful about meeting in someone's home or, you know, if you have Sunday school in your church. I mean, that's a powerful thing to be able to come together and meet and study and share and share our lives together. And, you know, it's definitely different when you do it through Zoom or Google Hangouts or whatever format that you use, but at least um, people are being trained to stay connected. So this is a powerful thing. Uh, social media. We're finding social media is more important than it's ever been in the life of the church because this is the way so many people get their news, and this is the way that so many people find out what's going on. Social media also provides us with a way to keep our people updated on what's going on. Um, for example, you know, often our pastors will do a short um, encouragement, maybe a one or two minute post on Instagram and Facebook throughout the week. But it keeps us in front of our people and you know, lets us continue to share and share what's going on and um, really stay connected through social media. Social media has also become an incredible tool for church growth because during this time of isolation, people are looking for connection. And we find that, that our online services, when we advertise through social media and when friends and family members invite their friends and family members to um, join them for an online service, very often they do. So churches are being forced to embrace technology or to upgrade what they ha- what they have. And this is a very, very important thing. All right, don't go away. We'll be right back. I just want to let you know that this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, my new book, Storm Clouds Rising. Listen, if you haven't checked it out, check it out. It's a fun novel. The reviews are starting to come in. People are loving it. It's a, it's a fun story. Um, you know, sometimes we just need a little bit of diversion. It's been interesting during this COVID season to see how how my book sales have actually been really going up pretty regularly because people are looking for some distraction. They're looking for some diversion. They're looking for something to just get their mind off the, 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 the crises that are going on around them. So check out Storm Clouds Rising. It's a a uh, fast-paced action thriller type novel. Um, got a little bit of political intrigue. Got a little bit of a love story. A lot of great action scenes, and I know you'll love. It. In fact, you can go to Amazon and read probably the first chapter or two for free, and uh, kind of get a feel if you like it. And if you do, click the buy button. I would so appreciate it. So, by all means, check out Storm Clouds Rising. All right. Well, we're back. And we've, we're talking about positive trends for the church in 2020. And we talked about learning to focus on what's really important, how churches are being forced to uh, really embrace or upgrade their technology. Now, in that same vein, in number three, I want to mention this. Online church is here to stay. <coughs> Excuse me. 
you know, many people have um, really come to find that online church is a very, very powerful tool. Um, what we're seeing, even as churches are coming back together now, as churches are beginning to meet in person, a lot of times people are still checking out their online services first to see if this is something that they want to be a part of. And it's it's actually really good because we've gone um, in our church from just posting sermons online, which is great. You know, uh, the sermon, the pastor preaching is really one of the things that draws many visitors back to church, but it's not the only thing. And so the online format, the online service where um, it's a real service with a, a giving moment, with worship, with an opportunity to comment or connect in the chat box with other people, with other friendly people, um, and then a great message. I mean, this is a real service. This is not church light. Obviously, they're not, you know, they're face-to-face, but it's still an opportunity to connect with God and we connect with other people. And so online church is here to stay. And, you know, one of the benefits we've seen of online services, and I'm talking to other people, other pastors as well, the thing that we're hearing over and over again, <coughs> excuse me, online church is allowing us to connect further than we ever thought we could before. Regularly on our online platform, we have people joining us from California, from Texas, and we're in Atlanta. We're we're based in Atlanta, Georgia. But we have people that have found us online, and we have become their church. So we have people from California, from Missouri, from uh, Texas, and even other countries. There are pastors that I know in India who are looking to be refreshed and encouraged, so they join us for online church and just love it. So it really has um, become a powerful tool and a powerful platform, and it's not going away. So how are you using it? You know, when when, when this started and church, churches had to pivot very quickly and, you know, go to a Facebook Live or uh, record your services, which is typically what we do, you know, there's no right or wrong, but the reality is it was it was kind of learning as we go. And, you know, what I've seen is um, in, in many cases, you know, where, where pastors would just have themselves filmed preaching a message in a uh, empty auditorium. In some cases, they've realized that this is just doesn't really look great preaching to an empty auditorium. So they've gone to a more intimate type setting. And so they've learned as they've gone and, and it's become a, just such a very powerful tool to reach other people. Um Online church, um, you know, even as churches are opening back up, what we're finding is many people um, still feel more comfortable being home. Maybe they're high at high risk, maybe they're older, maybe they have health issues. Um, but because of COVID-19, they feel much more comfortable staying home and participating in church. So, so we want to create a great environment, a great atmosphere, and a great experience for them as well. So um, don't think that just because your church is opened back up and is meeting again that you can just do away with the online platform. Um, this should be something that you look at even maybe as, a, as an opportunity to expand, an opportunity to expand your reach. Um, our pastor refers to it as a campus. We're, we're creating an online campus. You know, churches are always expanding and adding campuses. Well, this online service, this online platform can be um, the way for you to add a campus and to grow. 
And, you know, the pastor doesn't have to do everything. This is a great opportunity to empower other people to step up and grow and, and to be a part. We've seen so many people stepping up and using their gifts and talents um, in the area of cameras and sound and lighting and music and communication and content. And I mean, it takes a lot to put an online service on. And so this is a great opportunity for people to grow and develop and to um, develop new skills. And then the last thing I want to talk about, we're talking about positive trends now, is this. Number four, people are still hungry for connection. People are still hungry for connection. If there's one thing the COVID crisis has shown us very clearly, it's how damaging isolation can be. And like I said, we still have people who don't feel comfortable coming back yet. But as church has opened back up, as we're starting, we have two, on, two, two morning services and then an online service as well. As, as, as we're, we're starting to meet and get back together, what we're finding as we're starting to meet in person is so many people are coming back and after church, they just don't want to go home. It's just the most beautiful thing. You know, we, we don't have folks stand around in the lobby anymore because of COVID-19. We encourage everybody to go outside, stand around in the parking lot. We have a large um, patio in front of the, the building and people will stand around for 30 minutes or an hour just talking, community, catching up, just being with each other because we've been apart for so long. And so, you know, this is so important. And, you know, the other thing that, that we have constantly been pushing and so many other churches that I'm connected with and, and pastors that I speak to t tell me the same thing is even when they were apart, even when they were having online services, the, the small groups, the, the connect groups, the, the life groups, the, even Sunday school classes, whatever you call them, were still able to meet remotely by Zoom, uh, Google Hangouts, whatever. And people were able to um, stay connected. Now, look, it's not the same as being face-to-face, -face, but at least they're able to stay connected in some way. Now, now that we're getting back together, how can we use this? How can we leverage this to build meaningful relationships? If you don't have a connect system in your church, this might be the very time to launch one. You know, one of the things we said last week, one of the trends that um, we discussed it, for for the possible reason that that uh, they gave that you know churches might be closing down in the next 18 months one of the reasons that they gave was because in many churches the relationships were not as deep as the leadership thought and so what happened was when there's a crisis now people just drift away to something else there are no relational ties holding them there and so that's why I mentioned a minute ago what I did about after service, now that we're back together, our people don't want to leave. They're so happy to be back together because there's been this, this commitment to building and developing relationships. And this doesn't just happen. This has to start with a leadership. So this is a great opportunity to look for ways to develop meaningful relationships and to help people develop meaningful relationships. If this is not a core plank in the culture of your church, then you, you're, you're looking for problems down the road. I mean, you could be one of those churches that 18 months from now is not still here because relationships, building deep connections among our people are what uh, really breed life and bring other people on board. So just a quick recap. 
Snapshot of the Church in 2020, Part 2. We're talking in this episode about positive trends um, for the church, um, kind of going back to the basics, focusing on what's really important. What does that look like for you? For many churches, it's as simple as this. Sunday church and then maybe small groups during the week. And, you know, it may, it's going to look different for everybody, but that's just one example of, of what, what we're seeing in so many churches is they're just going back to the basics. Sunday church, small groups, meeting in homes or coffee shops or whatever during the week. Number two, churches are being enforced to embrace new technology, to learn it, to use it. Um, and I get it. There's always going to be some pushback. You know, there's always going to be pushback when we start talking about technology. But it's here to stay, and in many ways, it can make our lives easier. You know, hearing uh, hearing these friends of mine that work for <clears throat> organizations that help churches automate their giving, hearing them talk about the, the, the desperate conversations that they had with pastors who called up in a panic, trying to to figure out how to automate their giving because they they had never even you know done that before. So really important. Um, number three, online church is here to stay. Online church is here to stay. How are you going to use it to help your church to grow, to increase your outreach, to really have an impact beyond your four walls and even beyond the the location where you're at? And then number four, people are hungry. People are hungry for connection. Isolation is unhealthy. People dealing with depression, anxiety, uh, mental disorders. I mean, people starting to drink, who haven't drank in years, people having suicidal thoughts, people, you know, addictions that have been left behind coming back. Listen, this is a tough time on us. People need connection. How are you building relationships in your church? As a leader, as a pastor, as a leader in the house, what are you doing to foster an atmosphere where people are developing these deep and meaningful relationships? You know, the bottom line here as we get ready to wrap up is that church is going to look very different in 2021 than it did in 2020. What are you going to do to to navigate these uncharted waters? Well, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Go to davidspell.com. Leave me a question or a comment in the (coughs) comment section for today's post. You can also send me an email at any time, david at davidspell.com. Love to stay in touch with you. While you're at my website, make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter so that we can stay in touch. Well, friends, thanks for being with me, and I will see you next week on Leading and Learning.